Listen the way you want. Now, we return on The Morning Drive. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us live in studio now, it's Terry Baricious. Good morning, Terry. Hey there. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Terry, you were... Uh, just a little bit of history. You were one of the original progressives when Bernie yeah. Sanders became mayor of Burlington, right? Who basically started the progressive yeah. coalition. Yeah, I was elected the same election as he was. I didn't get the attention he did in 1981, <laughs> but yeah, he and I both were elected at the same time. And then you and I, as you mentioned on the off the air, we've had a little bit of history in that we both, not at the same time, but served on the city council and then went on to the legislature. And now to get into the idea that you have, because I, I know you are an idea person. You've, yeah. you've talked a lot about election reform over the years. Um, one thing now that I understand you have an, another a new idea, which is that, <laughs> and I'm really interested to hear what this is, because you say that you don't believe that elections are the best way to govern the country. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, essentially, <laughs> I came to the conclusion after being a politician for 20 years Working on election reform nationally, I worked on election reform from Maine to Alaska for a national organization. I came to the conclusion that elections are simply not the optimal tool for running a democracy. Why? Why is All that? All right. I try and make my elevator pitch, make it short. Basically, in the original democracy, most like in Athens, most of the decisions were actually made by lottery-selected panels. For example... People know about the big assembly in Greece, the mass assembly, but after the reforms of 403 BC, they gave all lawmaking authority over to randomly selected legislative panels of like a thousand. I remember people. that reform back in 403 BC too, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Kurt was but, there. <laughs> but so basically, politicians are ill equipped to deliberate. They come to uh, dis- discussions with their minds pretty much already made up, and they basically do a, a theater performance. Not, not, not on all issues. There are some issues where there's really open-minded. But by and large, I'll, I'll talk about the con- congressional level rather than city council. I was going to say, because I went, a into, different. I went into some debates with, I thought I had my mind, mind made up, and I changed yeah. my mind. But, but on a bigger level, in many cases, politicians go in, and they're actually n- n- not intending to change the mind of their fellow. They're doing a performance for the media or for their, their home crowd or whatever. And uh, to do real deliberation, you have to have an open mind and you can't go in with your mind pretty much already made up. And on a lot of issues, a lot of know-it-alls like me, I might put you in there, probably not, but but at least me as a politician, I already knew what I wanted to do. I knew what the goal was. And I came to the conclusion that uh, really ordinary people who know that they don't know the answers can come together in a, in a panel like a jury, but a much larger jury, so it's representative of the population, and bring in all the expert witnesses, bring in all the testimony, hear the pro and con arguments, and they don't have campaign donors to report to. They don't have uh, worries about uh, smear campaigns by opponents. They just vote the way they think that makes the most sense. You mean on, on individual issues? On individual issues. I don't think a, like a city council should be randomly selected, but I think that on an individual issue, for example, it's worth noting that this idea, the, ter- the technical term in political science is sortition, um, lottery selection, democratic lotteries, is actually mushrooming around the world. There have been literally hundreds of randomly selected citizens' assembly 
from Australia throughout Europe to tackle all kinds of issues. So under this idea, you would eliminate elections. There would not be well, city councils. That's or- my 200-year project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you better live a long in, time in on mean, this one, Jerry. In the meantime, uh, yes, we'll have elections. But my idea is to peel away uh, certain policy issues from elected officials and invest it with juries. Like, for example, maybe zoning. City council doesn't need to make zoning issues. It's not like there's a, a best outcome it's what do the people want so is this because i'm trying to get a grasp in my hands around this is this sort of like a a town meeting a town hall you know where people go in the little towns of vermont there's the you know town right. hall you know well public it, it, there, forums there, there, there's, instead a, there's of, a parallel but it's different the thing about town meetings is that it's self-selected people go and on a lot of if you've had public hearings and the people at the public hearings are the people whose ox is being gored or the activists or the lobbyists or the special interests and ordinary people are not at most public hearings. And uh, the idea is by randomly selecting people, you get an actual cross section of ordinary people and the group as a whole becomes representative of the community. Uh, And, and I don't want to besmirch a lot of politicians, but they are not, better than the ordinary people. They are not the cream of the crop. They're not the best and the brightest. They are just ordinary, except that they tend to be more ego-driven. Well, I was on, so you can damn well be sure that they weren't the cream of the crop. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, yeah. And and it's interesting how I came to this. When I was working on election reform, one of the places I was giving testimony was British Columbia in Canada. They had appointed a citizen's assembly to look at reforming their voting methods. So I, as my job with this organization called Fair Vote, I prepared testimony on what I thought they, how they should change their voting system. And the, this assembly was one man and one woman from each of the legislative districts in British Columbia. And they met for months on the weekends and so on. And they took all kinds of expert testimony and witnesses. They had public hearings and they made a recommendation on how to reform their, their, their voting method. And by the end of that process, I said, wait a second. Wait a second. That's what democracy looks like. Ordinary people coming together on a particular issue. They're representative of the population. They have no vested interests. They're, they're not lobbyists. So they're would not you characterize this as more of a direct democracy where citizens make more of the decisions themselves rather than electing someone to make the decisions for them? Is that? Yes, except there still is the division of labor. And in other words, I don't think just having huge numbers of mass meetings where, where, Whoever wants to come shows up, and then you have this you, very biased group of You would have them selected by the randomly. Group, by by doing it a statistical yeah. sample. You know, it yeah. could be stratified sampling or random lottery, whatever. Uh, you basically get ordinary people. And, and people say, oh, but ordinary people don't know enough. And that's oh. exactly the point. They know they don't know enough, so they know they need to learn politicians like me we think we know it all already so we go in and we're not really able to deliberate i love i love 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 the logic behind this it makes perfect sense executing it that's another well, story Well, that's the thing but- it's actually it's um in the recent generation there have been citizens assemblies in as i say hundreds of them in in, in for example in uh ireland in the uk in in germany in france I may remember several years ago, there was the, the, the yellow vests movement, people protesting the carbon taxes and so on that Macron was trying to impose. And there are all these protests. And so he uh, went along with the idea of a randomly selected, I think it was 150 people randomly selected throughout the country to look at 
what should we do about climate issues, about resilience and so on, things like hurricanes and so on. And and he empowered this panel, to, and they met for months and brought in all the expert witnesses. So a lot of the legislation that's being moved forward in France came from a citizens' assembly. The city of Paris has a permanent citizens' assembly with rotation. Well, Karen, let's grab let's, let's, let's grab some yeah. calls. Yeah, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Very interesting conversation. I would say, like, how do we make the um, legislators better problem solvers? But I think I have a, a, a point that I've always made. I think that we, since we do have, you know, basically, you know, our average citizen being elected to office, I find that when I talk to them, the problem solving skills aren't really there. So they don't really. They've never been taught. You know, they're great on a speech, they're on on a on a stump speech and stuff like that. But understanding how to get to the crux of the matter is they've never really been trained that way. Number two, they they really don't understand the data that's been presented to them um, because they're not they're not really data folks, right? When we say we're talking about data driven, you know, I can ask five questions and and qu- quickly figure out that they don't understand the data. And then lastly, the ability and understand what it's going to take to implement that law. And, and what it's going to take to execute it. And I, and I think that if you don't have that kind of background and, and, and understanding, it presents a problem. But, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, is there something we can do to ensure the people that are already there, since it would be really hard to change the system, acquire those skills? What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> I don't think the class of people, the type of people who choose to run for office are people who are overconfident. People like me. Type A's. Yeah. People, people. And also, the, there's, there's an electoral imperative. Politicians feel, often feel the need to pretend like they already have things figured out. They learn a few statistics and facts that they can throw out at public hearings and people say, oh, they must know all about this. And the fact is, as you say, they don't actually know necessarily that much, but they have to pretend that they do and they have to assert that they're on top of it. And also when politicians, when they, a policy goes forward and it's crashing and burning, they have, if it's their policy, they have a vested interest in pretending like, oh no, it's okay. It's still good. And they keep pushing it forward year after year because it's their pet. And uh, an ordinary group of random people called for a short duration to deal with an issue. They, if that's crashed and burned, they, they'll say, yep, that, get rid of that policy. Let's try something different. Well, the next group, the next group will take testimony. It's a self, it's a self-improving process because the jury is not vested in what the previous jury did. But now, Terry, that caller wants there to be more training of legislators currently and have them more data driven and understand the data doesn't feel that legislators do that's Um, not gonna do you it's not gonna happen but but, (laughs) no but I'm, i'm saying that's what he wants under your system certainly you wouldn't necessarily have that because people would be randomly chosen, right? right. right? Yeah. M- and do you, so do you think that what he's calling for is even necessary? Well, I think it is. But the thing is, uh, the, the broad s- scope of what I've actually proposed, I've written a number of journal articles and so on on this topic, is a, a multi-body sortition process. Basically, you'd have one group randomly selected that might meet for a year, and their only task would be to develop rules for how expert witnesses are, are selected to develop the procedures for for the jury so because the jury that gets selected to deal with an issue they can't also be developing their rules and and so on so you'd have one jury one of their decisions like you know what we need to have a training session for all new jurors on data 
cognition, how to, how to understand yeah. sure. statistics. We need to have whatever. The point is, politicians won't do that. That's not their job. Their job is is to advocate for things that they, their, their backers, their party, whatever their interests are, maybe it's their donors at the congressional level, uh, want them to do. And a lot of it, there's this electoral imperative that sort of precludes politicians from making good policy. Well, you do see examples of where politicians don't want to deal with a particular issue because it's too controversial or it might get them in trouble with their yes. supporters. Yes. Like base closures, right? In the federal That's government, the, I talk about that all the ex- time. You know exactly what I was going to say. You're no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know you were going to. But I, I use that as an example where they said, "You know what? If we close a base, we're going to get in trouble. Let's have a commission close exactly. bases." Or in Vermont, where they say, "Let's send this off to uh, uh, even in environmental stuff." They say, "Send it off to some commission to make the final decision." Right. So if people, if the people don't like it, we can say. They did that, not us. Exactly. And, and, and the base closing commission is a perfect example. Congress, only Congress can vote to, to close these military bases. But what they did is they set up a commission. And then when the commission says, these are the bases that are going to be closed, this is after the end of the Cold War. And they said, well, you know, we should close some bases. And then Congress has to vote as a block. They're not allowed. They, they, they set their own <laughs> rules. We're not allowed to amend it. We, either, we adopt the whole thing. And so there are issues that politicians that are that are lose lose for politicians. No matter what they decide, somebody's going to be really mad at them. And so there are some issues that we could relatively easily, uh, even with politicians' approval, move away from politicians and give to randomly selected large representative juries. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I have a uh, comment and a question. The comment is: I think your your first premise false. Uh, America is not a democracy, and we never were meant to be. The word democracy isn't even in the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. And then the question is, do you think it's undemocratic for uh, Democrat lawmakers to create a full-time legislature in Vermont? Uh, well, first thing, I do not think the United States is a democracy, and I agree it never was intended to be. The framers wanted to make what they called a republic based on Rome, and in fact, interesting, I was just writing, I've written a book in one of the chapters I was just working on. Uh, when the, Congre- the, the Constitutional Convention was meeting, they actually gave the Committee of Detail a charge to put in a property requirement to be a member of Congress. You would have to own property, either slaves or, or land, to be eligible to be a member of Congress. And it was only because the Committee of Detail was unable to agree on what threshold, what level of property would be appropriate that that's not in our Constitution. Yes, our Constitution is not a democratic document. It's about a a republic. Um, I personally believe in democracy, so I think I would like to move away from the republic model to a democratic model. And as part of this idea, you have sort of put your partisan past aside, right? You don't consider yourself a a member of any party. I I mean, I still have, uh, I guess, lefty uh, perspective on a lot of issues, but I have, uh, it's sort of like I've put my politics aside. And, and this issue, I gotta say, I've talked to, to groups of all persuasion. Uh, I've talked to Tea Party people back years ago, um, Trumpers, uh, uh, lefties, the, and, and most people in America, 
when you say, you know, we need to get rid of these politicians, they nod their head. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, the people who I have the least success with is talking to politicians. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, How dare but, you suggest but, getting rid of all of us? But, but, but so, so, yeah, it, I'm not suggesting we're going to get rid of all the politicians in my lifetime, but we, we can start the process. And I think if the model works, as it has been in a lot of countries, in Australia, for example, uh, I think it was Melbourne, one of the large cities, they set up a randomly selected uh, jury and said, you're going to decide our 10-year capital budget millions or maybe even billions of dollars yeah. and they simply rubber stamped what the jury came up with for you know what we're going to spend on roads and parks etc cetera, etc cetera. so there are places where it is actually moving forward very rapidly i Terry, would well, i think that this should replace s5 i want to go straight there real quick but the vermont what we're about this whole climate initiative and where we're headed and and forcing people to switch uh, i i think we should randomly select a thousand vermonters and, that is and an excellent the, the, because that impacts so many different people different ways. And, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous about that one just because it has become a partisan issue in the United States. Most of the world, it's not. But in the United States, uh, climate change and climate resilience is has sort of become a partisan issue. So I want to get my toes wet with an issue that nobody already has. For example, I take like in the city of Burlington. What if we said? The city council is not going to deal with zoning issues ever again. How high should the buildings in downtown be? It doesn't really, there's not a right answer. Just what does the city want? What do the community want? Not but, the politicians. Terry, just, just thinking ahead to 200 years, as you talked about, you'll still be, <laughs> you'll still be out battling this at 200 and whatever, <laughs> 269 years old. Uh, but wouldn't this group of people that were randomly selected then become the reviled group like politicians are? Because if they chose something, this random group, chose something that the people out there ended up not liking, wouldn't they then just become the reviled group like the politicians are? Well, my notion is that the random groups would be constantly replaced. In other words, they'd be charged with a particular topic, a particular issue, a particular bill, perhaps. Uh, you might have another jury who, whose sole task is to set an agenda. Like, these are the topics that the politicians have been ignoring for way too long. These are things we need to call juries to deal with these issues that the politicians have been afraid to tackle. Um, and, yeah, there might be a decision that most people disagree with. And in the next jury will might revisit that. And say, you know what? That was a bad decision. Because, you know, democracy does not mean that all decisions will be good. It means that they'll be what the people want so so if 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 a jury makes a a a law and it's put into effect and people say you know this is this is this is horrible we we got the next jury is going to have that attitude also and the next jury, you know we're getting rid of that they made a mistake you know i'm not saying that juries and democracy always make the best decisions but that's the risk of democracy what, what about just a citizen initiative process where people got to vote uh, on a whole lot of different ideas. The, the difficulty there is one of the beauties of the lottery selection is you get a group of people, ordinary people who have no vested interests, and then they know they need to learn the issue. They need to spend a lot of time, the education process, bring in expert witnesses. If you have just referendums, everybody's voting based on either the last 30-second ad they heard or the off-the-top-of-their-head notion. They're, it's at the... One of the worst ways to make policy decisions is to just do a poll where people haven't thought about it, they haven't discussed it, they haven't deliberated, they haven't learned. All right, Terry, I just I don't want you to be part of the group. 
I don't want you to be I'm, part of the random I, group. You know what? You know, in, in, in the French Revolution, in the French Revolution, when they when they had this assembly and they were said, you know what, we're gonna because you know too much. Yeah, they're going to have this thing. They passed a law saying we're going to have these new elections and none of us are allowed to be elected. That's a good model. You go for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that's an interesting idea, but you admit that it will take probably a couple centuries. Yeah. However, that's to get rid of all politicians. Yeah. I think there's things we can do within the next year. In, in places all over the country. And there have a few in the United States. I'll just say one last thing is that in, in Oregon, uh, they actually have a randomly selected jury because they, they, they have referendum there. And they have a jury that will review uh, initiative referendums and give a report to the voters saying, we have looked at this and this is our report to, to you. So there, it's being used in the United States in small ways right now. And I think most people probably have not heard about this. If people want to find out more about it, what should they do? Well, you can do a Google search for sortition. sortition. But for me, I the book that I'm re, I'm I've I've releasing uh, for free on Substack, which is a, a platform. Yeah. Uh, if they if they Google search or just type in trouble with elections, trouble with elections, uh, at, you can you can subscribe to my book and get uh, a couple times a week get a, a, an email You've, with parts of my chapters. You might get a lot of people's attention with <laughs> trouble with elections. <laughs> Without a doubt. I should say, the title of the book is The Trouble with Elections, Everything We Thought We Knew About Democracy is Wrong. Oh, that's a good title. There you go. <laughs> Terry Baricious, thanks for being on The Morning Drive today and presenting